Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. John 19, verse 28. It says that after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Everybody say that with me. It is finished. Let's say it again. It is finished. Oh. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. You know, what he said there, we looked at this on Good Friday. This is when he was crucified. Jesus, if you noticed, what position was his head before he bowed it? Come on, he was looking up, wasn't he? I tell you, he was a man's man. You know what I'm saying? This guy, he was taking all of that with his head up. And then the Bible says, after the scripture was fulfilled because he said, okay, I need to do this because this fulfills the word, the scripture. You see how important it is? Listen, if Jesus lived that way, how much more should we not live that way to fulfill the word? Did you know that God is not done with you? You see, Jesus, he did not die until he completed everything. He said, it is finished. Everything the word spoke of him, everything that he knew that he was to do according to the word of God to be accomplished, that was the will of God. Then he said, it is finished. You know, it is so important today that we understand What Jesus says about us, what the Word of God tells us, who we are. It's so important today that we know who we are in Christ. You know, oftentimes there are many people today trying to find their character, their persona, who they are by how the world envisions them. How the world says they ought to live, the way they should look, the way they, they should behave. The world will accept you. But Jesus said... That as a Christian today, as a believer, the world isn't always going to accept the way you live. Are you hearing me today? But that's okay. It doesn't mean we love the world any less. Come on, we don't, we're not saying that. No, we're actually going to love the world. Jesus loved the world. We're going to love one another. Because the Bible says that the world will know us by the love we have for one another. That's why I always tell people, never hide that you go to church. Like what you did on the week. Hey, man, what y'all do this weekend? Well, we went to church. Like that's what everybody's supposed to do. Come on. I don't dance around those subjects. Never have. I don't think that we should. Do you? Come on. We need to live openly because the joy of the Lord that's in you, the love of God that's in you that the world needs. And they're going to t- see if it's real in you. Yeah, come on. Huh? And so 
understanding this, we should live according to how the word speaks about us, not how the world speaks about us. We need to live on the level of the character and the understanding that God has a purpose for me right where I'm at today. And it's not just about getting the paycheck to pay the bills. It's about his will being done on earth through me because I'm not just some guy that's just kind of, or some woman that's just kind of existing who believes in a God out there somewhere. No, I believe that God is living on the inside of us and we are in him, that we are of his kind because we've been born again by his spirit and by his word and it's dwelling in our hearts today and we need to be real and with the people of the world today by showing the the Christ that's in you which is the hope of glory and today I want to get this in your heart and mind today is Jesus at the center of everything that you do have you put him there today has, have you exalted Christ in your heart? Jesus must be in the center of your heart and your life. Look in verse 38. We're talking here today about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We see that it, it was finished on the cross. What was finished? A way had been made. The veil have been has been torn and has been rent. And now anyone, all of us, through Jesus, can come into the very presence of God to know him, to know his heart, his mind, his ways, and his will. We all can enter into that place in his presence at any time, everywhere. Isn't that good news? You can be in your car. Come on, you can be on the job. Come on, you can be anywhere you are and just right there, just enter into the presence of God. How do you do that? The Bible says we enter into his presence with what? Thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. Come on, you know, one of the ways I learned to do that personally, just in, in the secular world and business and on the job and other things of that nature, because I've, I've, I've been an employee, I've been an employer. And I understand how sometimes difficult that can be at times. But I have learned how to do that. Can I help you just for a moment? Give him thanks. Give him thanks openly. Sometimes we need to give him thanks because of the job was completed. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Just sometimes simple like that. Just turn in your heart and your mind to him. And then begin to just enter into that place. You know, you can do that. Some people work in such an environment that they can just worship the God, God and praise God and, and talk to him throughout their day. What a wonderful thing to do and be able to do. And to meditate even on the word. And you can do that. Learn to do that. I'm just giving you a little tidbit here just to kind of help out a little bit. Is that all right? Learn to do that. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Look in verse 38. The Bible says of Jesus, when he died, after his death, there was two men, Joseph of Arimathea. The Bible says, speaking of him, and Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, he besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. That means he, he gave it to him. And he came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus. 
which at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes and about a hundred pound weight. Then they, verse 40, they took the body of Jesus. They wound it in linen, clothes, cloths, with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. I want to just stop for a minute here. Oftentimes, we see and talk about Joseph of Arimathea, who was a rich man. The Bible says that Joseph went to Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus, and, and Pilate said yes, they gave it to him. And he took that body and put it in his own tomb, which he had for him and his own family. Back in that day, uh, they would have a large sepulcher uh, for families, and the whole family would be, be buried in there if they had money. This guy uh, was rich, and he was a follower of Christ. He was a wealthy man. And this is why he had also access to Pilate real quick. He, could just, he, he had access to him uh, because of his uh, notoriety and his wealth. And Joseph begged for the body of Jesus, and he gave it to him. And he also was able probably to keep Pilate secret about it, too, because you notice he said he went by secret, so the, so the fear of the Jews, because he didn't want to be crucified either, you know. And so, but listen, one of the people that was there is hardly ever talked about. But we all remember this man, and that was Nicodemus. Do you remember in the Bible, in the early part of the book of John, where this man came to Jesus by night? And he says, hey, how do I enter into the kingdom of God? What do I have to do to come into the kingdom? Because Jesus went about preaching the kingdom of God everywhere. That was his message. But you know what? It's very rare today that we have an understanding as the church of what it means to be in a kingdom. That we are in a kingdom today. And I'm not talking about Australia. I'm not talking about whatever nationality or country you might have on a passport or whatever. I'm talking about the kingdom of God on earth. In which we all belong to. One kingdom. Isn't that good news? I said, isn't that good news? Jesus brought a kingdom. And the Bible says he's the head of that kingdom. He is the king. We are his body. We are the citizens and the members of it. We call it the church. And Joseph said, how do I enter into this thing? How do I get into the kingdom? Jesus said, a man must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. What's born of the flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. And this man who was a ruler of the people, a rabbi himself in the Jewish religion in that day, he came to Jesus and asked him that question by night because he didn't want to get caught either. Then we see him at the death of Jesus, along with Joseph, preparing the body. This man was a disciple and a follower of Jesus himself. I believe there's something that we can learn from this today. You know, when Jesus told Nicodemus, a man must be born again, what he was saying to him and let me just say it like this. When he said a man must be born of flesh and he also must be born of spirit. First, there's a natural man. We know to be born and every one of us in here have been born. Praise God. Praise God for life today. Praise God for the birth. Second, a man must be a heavenly man in Christ. Born from above. In Christ, Jesus, the heavenly man, came, put on flesh, and died. He rose again to 
start and begin new life for humanity to all those who receive him. See, when we receive what God has done in Jesus, then he changes us inside. He changes us inside. Have you today believed on Jesus? Have you today made Jesus the center of your heart? Is he dwelling in you this morning? You know, does your everyday life now reflect whom you serve? Are you following Christ today? You know, 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to go back there just for a moment. We're going to look in verse 21. On this beautiful Easter Sunday, I hope everybody has their communion. If you do not have communion, raise your hand just real quick. If you need communion, does anybody need communion today? Our ushers will help you out. No, everybody has it. Great. Praise God. Verse 21. I want us to read here first. And it says this. It says, out of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21, it says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. He's talking about Jesus. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Do you see that? It says, as in Adam all men die. What does that word mean? See, oftentimes when we think of death, we think of the end of our life right now as we know it physically. But there are many dead people walking today that are living around us today because the life of God is not in them. And that life only comes through receiving the work that God has done for humanity, which is Jesus Christ. God didn't make many ways. He made one way, and that way is Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not intellectually lived out. It is spiritually lived out with a renewed mind that is subjected to the Spirit. And if today you're struggling today in those areas of living it, we're going to have to get it out of the head and get it in the heart so you can renew your mind to put it back in the head. Are you hearing me? And today... Let me just help you a little bit. I know what it's like to struggle in that. I know what it's like to think, well, I just can't live it. That's because there's something you believe today. There is something in the world that is still good and still something that you can partake of that's going to give you some kind of thing in life and be a benefit to you. But let me help you today. Jesus gives you the way. He'll give you life. In this life right now. But there's nothing good in the world. Because the world is dead to life. They might be alive physically. But there's no life in them. Once you've tasted that death. And you come out of that. Come on you realize. And you've tasted the life. Because listen. There's something about tasting life. Not tasting just a religion. But tasting a reality. Of Jesus Christ, the living Savior, through faith in the Word of God. By believing upon Him, something begins to change on the inside of you. And when that happens, I'm going to tell you, it wrecks you from being normal. It changes the way you talk, 
the way you walk. It changes the desires you have. But you know, a believer today can get mixed up in the world because they're looking for some kind of uh, acceptance. Because they don't want to stand out. Because it's better to be normal, so to speak, in the world, according to the world. But let me just tell you something. If, any, if every one of us today was exactly the same, if we was all normal like the world, listen, this world wouldn't even be here today by now. But let me just say this, if Jesus didn't save us. But let me just say this, in Christ, he doesn't give you the same life that the world has. He gives you life. He gives you a life that comes, that comes from the inside of you that is abundant. That comes from being alive. Knowing that you have a future and a hope, that you have a direction that you can live and that you can walk in, knowing that he will speak to you and he will lead you in the way that you should go. And let me just say this, sometimes not every door remains open. Sometimes he closes certain doors because he's trying to show you the door and the way that you need to walk in. And we have to learn how to continue in faith and walk in faith till you find that door. If one door closes, you keep walking because God has a door and a way for you to go. And you'll enter into that way and he'll show you. Listen, it doesn't mean that you give up hope or you quit because it gets tough. No, you keep walking because God has a a way and he's going to give you the very best Whenever we learn to follow him, the best for where we are today and the way that we should go. You know, the Bible tells us in verse, if we look here in verse 23, he says, But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after that, The Bible says, afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. You know, Christ is coming again. I said, Jesus is coming again. He might have died and rose from the grave and ascended on high, but he's coming again. Look in verse 45 of the same chapter. Verse 45 of chapter 15. It says here of Jesus. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, speaking of Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. I pray today that the word and the spirit of God will quicken you today. Quicken your heart. Make it alive. You know, if you're feeling dull today, maybe you're a Christian today, but you're feeling dull in the spirit, why don't you just take a moment right now with me? And why don't we just take a moment right where you're sitting today? And let's just turn our heart to the Lord right now. And let's just take a moment and just say, Jesus... God, just quicken my heart afresh and new. Can you do that with me right now? You might already have that going on. But listen, I tell you what, I'm not ashamed to just go ahead and do it again one more time. Come on, won't we right now, just right where you're sitting, will you just talk to the Lord right now? You're not going to disturb me. I'm not going to lose my thought or train of thought. Come on, let's just take a moment and just say, Jesus, quicken my heart today. Make me alive. Can you do that right now? Will you do that right now? Jesus, just make me alive, fresh and anew today. Quicken my heart again in Jesus' name. I'll tell you, it's so important. Look here in verse 50. Jesus goes on. Listen, this is what the resurrection of the dead is about. I said, this is why Jesus was raised from the dead. So that you might live. So that you might have life. Look in verse 50. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, 
Neither doeth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Glory to God. Listen, there is coming a day that each and every one of us will face. And that day, if Jesus does not return, that means one day you're going to have to put off this physical body. You're going to have to lay this thing aside one day. But let me just tell you, that should not be a place of fear or, or anything of that nature. Why? Because, listen, you are alive. You are alive. You're greater than your physical body. You're greater than just your soulish mind and your, the way that you think. Because greater is your spirit than your physical body. But look at this, what it says here. That all of us one day will be changed. You know, my father today is in heaven. Maybe some of you have loved ones today. My brother is in heaven today. And glory to God, I thank God for that place. I thank God that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But let me just tell you something today. You can be present with the Lord in your body because you have a fellowship. You have a relationship with God through the Spirit. And today, right now, there is a quickening. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to do in your, in your life. But listen, just because you die physically doesn't mean you're dead. It doesn't mean you're gone. That's not the end. That's the beginning. It's really funny how we hang on to this life so preciously. Listen to me. It is very precious. We need to honor it. We need to honor God in our body. But this is just the very incubator of what's going to take place when it comes to eternity. This is so short and so minuscule. And listen, we hold on to it like it's everything. Like if I'm a success, if I do something good in this life, listen to me. The greatest thing you can do in this life is to help somebody else come to Christ who will for eternity live forever in him and with him you today as a Christian today you are alive your eternity is set and sealed because you've been sealed today by the Holy Spirit of promise and not even death can hold you nothing can hold you back because he the Bible says is a quickening spirit and your body today the Bible says shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. You know, the Bible says the gospel is the gospel that reveals immortality. You know, the world's just trying to live long on this earth, so to speak. They think, well, this is just it. You live for a period of time and you die and you're gone. There's nothing else. Listen, people can come up with that idea, but that's not true. That's been debunked for many, many generations since Adam. And today, we can begin to see something new. Jesus rose again from the dead. Look in verse 55. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, he's not talking to the preachers there. He's talking to the church. Amen. He's talking to us, the body of Christ, the saints of God. He says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, our work is not even close to being finished. I said, our work is not even close to being finished. 
So let us labor today. Let's make a decision on this Easter Sunday that as Christ labored, as he fulfilled the word about him, as he fulfilled the will of God, let's labor to enter into that place, to make a decision today, oh God, I want to do your will. I want your will in my life to be done. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.